Good morning, or at least it's morning as I'm uh, speaking to you. I was listening to a, a radio preacher uh, the other day, and he was making a contrast between uh, the stories in John chapter 3 and John chapter 4. John, and most of these are familiar to us, but putting the two together was very interesting. Uh, John 3 is uh, Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus is a leader of the Jews, the highest of the high that you can get. In the very next chapter, in John 4, Jesus is speaking to the Samaritan woman. The woman, she's at the well. You know that story as well. But when you look at those two stories together, as this preacher on the radio is doing, these two extremes of, I mean, this highest leader of the Jews, this woman who is not a Jew but a Samaritan, a woman, a sinner as it turns out. And yet both of those, Jesus reached out to both and obviously loved both, but was able to reach. And the speaker, it may have been Alistair Begg, I forget, but he said these extremes, these people who in life would never meet, would be meeting in heaven. And he went on to a, a conversation they might have, kind of making up, it's kind of funny, well, who are you back down in there? Who are you? And there's such extremes, and yet Jesus could reach both of them. Well, another application of this idea of Jesus reaching the leader of the Jews and the, and the Samaritan woman. Uh, I was thinking Revelation 7-9, uh, um, John writing, Apostle John, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Seen in heaven, people from every nation, all tribes, peoples, languages, all over. That's what missions is about. Um, now, as individuals, we're not likely to reach uh, somebody as high as Nicodemus and somebody as low on the scale uh, as uh, the Samaritan woman. We might meet one or the other, but uh, both, like Jesus, pretty extreme. But our missionaries, the missionaries we support, and other missionaries uh, around the world are reaching various people groups. Uh, so a lot of the people, uh, people who our missionaries reach, that would maybe never know, or it's at all, somebody that another missionary reaches, different culture and everything, and yet the gospel for all. Okay, that's introduction, but welcome. This is Blossom Valley Bible Church. We're a missions-minded church. A global outreach is important to us, extremely important. Uh, today, uh, I haven't done one of these in a little while. I've got several things to, to share, which are, uh, I think they're important for you to know, uh, interesting, but, but important as well. Uh, the first one is a health update on Luis Palau. Um, if you recall, it was in January of 2018 that Luis Palau was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer. I think everyone's familiar with Luis, a world-known evangelist. Uh, practically a Billy Graham. I mean, he, they called him one time the Latin Billy Graham, uh, and yet later on he expanded to the whole world, and it's incredible. Diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer, January 2018, and we reported that to talking to the church. Um, he's, still, he's still around. He's still doing his thing, obviously, with the cancer, with the, uh, the treatments, chemotherapy, and all that stuff that goes with it. Uh, we had thought at first he would be gone in, uh, sooner, and uh, he's, he's still around, and that, that's wonderful. Uh, June 17th of this year, a uh, little while ago, not too long ago, 
his son Andrew was part of the ministry. The ministry goes on. His sons and a whole team of people, Luis Plow Ministries will go on even as uh, uh, Luis's health diminishes. But listen to what's happening now, two years after this diagnosis. Uh, Andrew, son Andrew writing. Hello, family and friends. Uh, several friends have been asking about dad's health. He and mom have been doing their best to stay safe at home during the pandemic. Using proper caution, dad is still recording his daily radio programs in both Spanish and English, while also recording video sermons for churches, TV programs, and pastoral conferences. In other words, he's doing a lot more than most people could, and he's dealing with cancer at the same time. All of that going on. As far as his cancer treatment, Dad's most recent visit with the doctor was encouraging. All existing tumors have been stable, not shrinking, but also not growing. Nothing in the, <clears throat> nothing in the chest or lungs to cause the doctor concern. All blood work was good. He, starts, he writes about some of the medical things, uh, increasing the chemo a little bit, uh, but then he summarizes, in all, Dad is feeling good and at peace, taking it all day by day. And uh, every one of our missionaries, when they write, they, they uh, of course, praise the Lord, but they uh, pray for us, for our church. They thank us so much, and uh, we thank them, of course, and we, we praise God. Another uh, missionary, with unfortunately, with uh, health issues, uh, and that's Ron Perdue. Uh, he's been through a lot, and uh, I've actually parts of several of his newsletters here, kind of to summarize, bring you up to speed. Uh, I may talk more about him than other things I want to talk about today. There's so much. Um, Ron and Marie, of course, are in uh, Turkey and Istanbul. Uh, difficult uh, ministry with Muslim people. Uh, Marie is the uh, cheesecake lady. I think you probably know those stories. You, you ought to. Uh, we've talked about before, but the wonderful missionaries, a long time in Turkey. Turkey is not only a difficult country because it's Muslim, but uh, increasing uh, politically difficult. Even questions of uh, Westerners, can you get back in the country, uh, or can, that kind of thing. Uh, I won't go into that right now, but that's a real challenge for them. So in March, now, of course, March is when uh, coronavirus really hit, when we stopped meeting together. Uh, they wrote in their March newsletter, um, not a lot of outreach going on here as we've been asked to stay home and help stop the spread of the virus. It puts us in a much-needed praise and prayer mode. I want to give uh, you this update. Uh, Maria has been in the States for two weeks and cannot return for a while. She's helping Joy, that's their daughter Joy, with the delivery of her second baby. Now, remember that as I go through letters. That was in the March letter. I'm not sure if it was written in... Uh, early March or in February, um, but she was in the States at that letter. In July, uh, July 7th, Ron writes, Marie and I are still separated and concerned uh, as a result of the rise of the number and severity of virus cases all over the world. Uh, they've got the concern like we all do. Yes, it's everywhere, not just here. And with them here, they're on different continents. So he's concerned with that. Uh, here in Turkey, uh, we're also concerned about how many people are ignoring social distancing regulations. Ours is a very relational, pragmatic culture 
that often trumps rules and regulations. Please pray for my safety and wisdom for the next month, uh, despite, despite my youthful looks and a little smiley face. Um, Ron's showing his age, as we all are. Despite my youthful looks, I'm in the vulnerable to COVID-19 age group. And he mentions that uh, Maria is healthy, enjoying her family and her grandchildren. She's in the States. She's in Turkey in July. On August 11th, he sends an email, medical update to Ron. Been thinking about you and praying for you. Greetings from Asia Minor. I'm blessed to say the results of my five-year uh, cancer checkup came back clean. I'm officially healed from cancer. That's wonderful news. I don't know if you remember the last time he was here in San Jose, his voice issues and stuff with the cancer. It was really something. I'm officially healed from cancer. Then he says the bad news. An abdominal aorta aneurysm has been discovered. Uh, it's five centimeters large, and I'm in need of a stent. Abdominal aorta stent procedure will take place Wednesday morning. Please pray for a smooth procedure without complications. Uh, we received this. Uh, some people received it. If you're on his mailing list, get the letter. Uh, but those on the admissions committee, uh, we received it. We've made sure the others had the letter. Uh, we've been praying. And... Uh, Ron goes on on this besides having this procedure unexpected, and, and that's a fairly serious procedure. Um, there was a problem with the, the hospital bill with the insurance. Big problem, the bottom line was, he, although he has insurance, he had to borrow money from his missions organization uh, to pay the bill, money that uh, would have to be paid back. Uh, then he adds, this is in August, Maria is still in the U.S. and can't return this month. So pray for my month of rehab at home to go well. Uh, the shop girls will help by making meals for me, and the shop is only uh, 900 meters from my house. Uh, he writes, uh, God is in control. I rejoice in him daily. I thank you for your faithfulness in supporting me and this team. That was his August, uh, pardon me, August 11th letter, August 17th. Uh, well, before getting to his letter on August 16th, your missions committee had met. We decided we would like to help with this money because he had to borrow money, money that needs to be repaid back for this bill. We thank you to the church, uh, as we always do, for supporting missionaries. When you support them, and support means, of course, not just money but prayers and so forth, but when you support missionaries financially, um, your missions committee makes sure that each missionary gets what we have promised them. We don't want their salaries going up and down and things like that. Uh, we carry a little bit of an extra money, a buffer, to ensure that there will be money each month um, if the giving is low or something like that in order to pay the missionaries. Also, part of this uh, extra amount that we keep is for emergencies. So we were able, on hearing of this problem, uh, to meet and, and very quickly and easily agree We'd like to help, and uh, we said we would help with $2,000, okay? I mean, we're generous, but it, I mean, it's your money. Uh, we, missions people, sure, we're supporters of missions, but the churches, and having that money and meeting it right then and telling them was a great encouragement. It's not even the money as much as the encouragement. So we did that on uh, August 16th. We emailed Ron, but uh, 
a few days later, he writes uh, on August 17th, blessings for your prayers. The procedure went well, and I'm home recuperating. Uh, I thought with the fixed aneurysm I would feel strong, but not so as I am weak. Try to do yard work, <laughs> but I had to limit myself. Well, that's kind of a dub, but he should have known better. But he tried to do yard work, August 17th. Okay, the last uh, short one, August 28th. Um, I'm talking on September 2nd. Not sure when you might hear this. Um, uh, greetings, family and team. The procedure went as planned. I am 90% recovered and up and running, praising the Lord. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, I have a follow-up appointment to be sure the stent is in place and functioning well. Blessings from Ron. So you just, I know that was kind of a fast trip there, but you just went through uh, the whole thing, dealing with the pandemic in Turkey, uh, separated from Marie. She's still in the States. They're still not together. Um, travel, pandemic time, and so forth. When she comes, she'll have to uh, shelter in place for sure, just because of entering the country, and they're not sure what she brought. Uh, Turkey is, is a pretty strict country. But he's had this procedure. The cancer is gone, and uh, praise the Lord. Those are two medical, uh, Luis Palau and, and Ron Perdue. Now, uh, briefly, two other missionaries. Unfortunately, there's no medical uh, news or medical prayer requests uh, on these. Excuse me as I reach for my paper here. Uh, Gary and Karen Griffith have been missionaries for years. Uh, most of you are uh, familiar with them. Uh, they're out of, uh, they're based in North Carolina. They're their work is an international scope. Um, the base is uh, North Carolina. Uh, they're both involved in some missionary training thing, but they each have a, a ministry, and the ministries are, are different. Uh, Gary is in the theological education, training, leadership development, and besides training uh, from the home base, he travels quite a bit around the world in his training. Karen uh, works with missionaries in uh, organization some are related to Gary's, but called CIT, Center for Intercultural Training. Tremendous ministry, uh, having been on the mission field. They, of course, were missionaries. Uh, uh, Karen originally was in Poland, but when they got married, they worked, worked together for years in Bulgaria. Great experience, these two. Wonderful asset to, to our team. Um, but in the CIT training, it's uh, missionaries that are often leaving the country, getting training by experienced people, because school is one thing, education is one thing, but what's it like when you go to a different culture? Uh, that's the, what Karen's involved with. Also, there's often debriefs. People come back. You've been gone a long time. You come back to America, and that is a different culture than what you left. Kind of long-winded on the introduction. Uh, the most recent letter, August 30th, uh, letter written by Karen. Sometimes she writes, sometimes uh, Gary writes, but she writes, you know how sometimes you are so in need of prayer that you don't even have time to stop and ask for it? That's how the last 10 weeks have been for me. We decided to put off CIT classes in the spring so that COVID would have more time to go away. So we moved our spring classes so we'd be back uh, uh, with our summer classes. But as you know, COVID didn't go away as everyone had hoped. In fact, it came with a vengeance to CIT. I actually was with my family in California for a couple of weeks and returned to my fellow teachers, my fellow teachers getting sick one right after the other. 
we started quarantining and had everyone tested, and indeed it was COVID-19. She's in this, where she works in the facility. Many of the teachers are sick. The students, we say students, the students travel to go there. They're either missionaries from different parts of the, of the states, and they'll travel to stay there in dormitory, whole families sometime, or, or others are returning and they stay for this training. So they don't actually live there. Uh, the plan, of course, is in-person training. She continues to write, thankfully, I didn't get sick and was able to take the lead on our second language acquisition class. That's the name of the class, second language uh, acquisition. Um, there's a whole lot that can be trained besides just do you know, can you speak the language. Uh, I don't understand it fully. It's a great subject. I wish I did. Uh, but she's going to take the lead now in this with other people being sick. It was a mountain of work trying to instantly figure how to change a practical hands-on class in order to offer it online. We had 29 adults and 19 kids living on campus, quarantined in their apartments, while the two other healthy teachers and I did the training virtually from home. Not ideal. It was stressful and exhausting, but the Lord is indeed faithful and somehow miraculously carried us through. We are very thankful. When the class finished, we went back to in-person classes the following week for the next group of missionaries coming in for training. And after the back-to-back -back sessions, we are all feeling worn out. Uh, new paragraph uh, talking about Gary. Gary starts teaching a seven-week online course on Monday. He'll be teaching New Testament theology to seminary students in Ukraine from home. He's been working hard to rethink his teaching to provide the best online hearing possible for the students. Seven weeks theology, students in Ukraine, tremendous. It goes on. Okay, so many things have stopped, and yet other things are able to go on, and uh, this is uh, one of them. Uh, that's a challenge. Uh, I don't teach nearly at Gary's level, and yet I sit in a classroom and then teach people. And one thing, you put this camera, no people, and... It's different and it's difficult, and I can't imagine for the level that he's doing. She asked for prayer for them as they finish the class, for prayer in, in, in the continued teaching. Um, their boys are each students in, in, in uh, school in North Carolina in college, and actually they learn, Gary and Karen, learn from the news what's happening with their school when they're closing down and things. It's rough for everybody. So they're working, but they're still people, still a family. Uh, they pray for us that we're healthy. They appreciate us very much. Okay, last missionary I'll share with. That's a lot today, but uh, anybody here at home, what are you going to do anyway, right? Okay. I hope I hope this is meaningful to you, and I hope it encourages you to think on the missions, pray for our missionaries. A uh, letter from uh, South Africa from Paul and Barbara Siaki, uh, serve in uh, South Africa. Uh, I've got uh, two letters, and uh, one that she wrote in uh, in May during as the COVID was going. Again, you're getting a first-hand report. South Africa, um, 20 day, 21 day lockdown. Around the world, we have all experienced changes to our lives due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Here in South Africa, we have been affected too. Never has a huge gap between the middle class and the rich 
never has the huge gap between the middle class or the who are actually the rich and the poor been so evident than during the government enforced 21 day lockdown. South Africa contains two completely separate parallel worlds in many ways. And she describes some of that I'm not going to read you. Uh, to add to the stress, many of the people live in tiny shacks with five to ten people all under one roof. No plumbing, no reliable electricity, no internet, and everywhere you turn, they are stressed, bored, and desperate people who could turn to violence. That's your report from South Africa. Uh, it's bad for those people, certainly the poor, but of course it's bad for the middle class who are really essentially the wealthy people back there. But she writes, again back in May, uh, thank you so much for partnering with us in this. We still feel so grateful to be able to help in tangible ways. We'd not be able to do this without you. She wrote a lot of details I'm not going to read of ways they've helped uh, people with food and, and, and coordinating food deliveries and all kind of things. So uh, they're, they're active, although there's a shutdown. Just received a letter from Paul. This is a September letter, but it actually was written uh, at the end of July, July 27th. And of course, Paul's in a different little world, just like Gary and Karen are each with their busy things. So are uh, so, so are the Siakis in, in their, their different worlds. Paul writes, for all of us, working online is now our new normal. As we have been in lockdown a very long time, most ministries and churches have not started doing events nor working with any groups. As you know, with Blossom Valley, we haven't met. Uh, your elders are continually trying to search out ways to minister, looking forward to when we can meet, not sure at this time. And uh, that's what's happening there, as he writes. They are not uh, getting together, not doing events, not working with groups. At the time of this writing, South Africa was the fifth highest number of confirmed uh, cases in the world, the highest infection mortality rate on the African continent. Highest mortality rate on the African continent. I'm not sure how it feels to me, but one of my ministries, we may have to cut this part, Steve Arena, or just let Bob be the real world and start. I'm not sure how it felt to me but one of my ministries thought it would be a good idea for me to host a training session on how to do multi multimedia ministry on many of the digital platforms. I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. Uh, we were showing pastors how to use the different social media platforms for communicating with their congregations and leaders and hosting training sessions on their own. Ministries, uh, he's in... Uh, Paul's involved with a lot of different ministries. Ministries I sometimes only see uh, uh, once periodically, once a month or maybe once a quarter. They are now meeting every week because they figure everyone is home, so we might as well uh, meet. Uh, this is where I almost got myself in trouble. I mean, normally he's traveling different ministries, sees them periodically. Now let's all do it at the same time. That's impossible. Okay, listen. If you, if you fall asleep, listen to this next part. This is good. The picture you see of me, and there's Paul with computers, more than one computer in his desk, and he's smiling. The picture you see is me on two Zoom conference calls at the same time. Not really something I would recommend uh, that people do. It greatly taxed my brain. I had to be at both meetings, and I was scheduled to talk, so I decided to go for it. I darkened my video, 
put an earphone from one laptop into my left ear and listen to the other laptop with my right ear. It helped that I had an agenda in front of me for both meetings and I knew when the discussion would turn to me. It was still hectic though, listening to one, then muting them to talk to another, and then coming back on and getting up to speed <laughs> about where we were in the meeting. I decided not to do it again. <laughs> I'm, do <laughs> I'm doing a lot of live stream uh, sermons and trainings as well as doing recorded video ministries uh, that ministries can use. Uh, who knows what the future holds? We know God is still in control and we adjust to our new level. I don't, I'm not saying all the ministry, ministry, missionaries are this busy, but that's, that's just really, really something. Okay. In conclusion, you were looking for the me to say in conclusion. That's hilarious about Paul. Um, October is soon. I'm, I'm uh, talking right now beginning of September. The month of October is uh, the month for our missions emphasis. Uh, we usually have a missions festival and things, and we've done it different ways over the years. Obviously, this year will be different. Okay, um, that's so clear. Um, but we're making plans. Your global outreach team of missions conference, we're making plans. This year will be different online and so forth, but we still want to emphasize missions this year to keep it in front of the church, to encourage you to pray, to encourage you to give, and to become knowledgeable about missions. There's so much. I just touched on a little bit today. It sounds overwhelming, and yet there's so much, and it's so good. Uh, God is good. We're told of the Great Commission to go into the whole world, and uh, not that you, know, the, uh, you or I are going, per se, we witnessing here, and yet we're uh, supporting missionaries. Uh, thank you. Thank you for supporting missionaries. Thank you for financial support. Thank you for prayer support. Every missionary wants prayer support. They'll say, even if you can't afford the money, please pray, please pray. And uh, that's a, a good reminder. So thank you very much. And I'm just going to pray silently and close. I'm kind of all talked out right now. There's a lot of information here. And uh, thank you so much. Praise God. Then be sober, moving only 
light unsparingly. 